It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. And this is Dennis Bernstein with Greg Pallast. We do this for you every week. This is a, a segment on the Flashpoint Show in which we are devoted to trying our best uh, to defend your vote. Uh, this happens to be uh, in this context with uh, a man who attempted to overthrow uh, elections in the United States and become the next dictator. He happens to be, his name is Trump, he happens to be in Florida at the moment and he's going to do some form of uh, turn himself in and face the music. Uh, joining us is Greg Pallast. He does this, as I say, with us. And also, we're happy uh, to be joined by Zach Roberts. He is a photojournalist, works with Greg Pallast, has been on the front line filming these neo-fascists, these fascists. And in fact, some of his work has uh, been used to hold these uh, potential and killers accountable. Uh, welcome, both of you. Uh, Greg Pallast, now I'm going to give you a chance to talk about how profoundly powerful that document is that's going to put uh, supposedly put Trump in jail. But I have to raise yes. the fact that he picked mm-hmm. the judge. He picked the judge. <laughs> Come on now. She's not. Everybody says recuse. She's not recusing herself. He picked the judge. She's going to make some decisions. Are you concerned that justice is out the window again? Well, Dennis, uh, and I hope that you can hear me from I'm recording from Los Angeles right now. It's very important that people understand what's in this indictment because you've had this tremendous pushback from the right wing. Even the Wall Street Journal, which, by the way, is violently anti-Trump. They don't want him as a candidate, mainly because they think he's a loser. But they're dismissing this and the right wing's dismissing this as purely a political maneuver by the Biden administration to knock out their candidate. And it's all BS. It's all about just paper shuffling. And so they wanted the papers and everyone takes papers and Pence took papers and Biden took papers. Some with, you know, OG by accident have some confidential marks. That's not what's going on, Dennis. I have now read this indictment three times. And remember, for those of you who know Greg Pallast, I was a Justice Department investigator. I've been in many of these litigations on these big cases. I've never seen such an indictment. It is, I don't see how he he gets, you know, unless he's Houdini, he ain't gotten out of these cuffs. Understand what he did. It's not paper shuffling. He deliberately hid the fact that he had thousands of documents that he was not supposed to have. And when they asked him to give it and told him to give it, he lied and lied and lied. He lied directly to the FBI. Let me give you an idea. He had an assistant who's indicted with him, who definitely should be, his, his body man, as they call him, or valet. And he had the body man hide the boxes first in a bathroom. And I say hide the boxes at, in Mar-a-Lago. A very Mar-a-Lago bathroom. There's a chandelier in the bathroom. They're hiding them. He's hiding them from his lawyers. It's not even. And yes, that's very important to understand. Go on. on. He's hiding them from the federal government. He's hiding them from the FBI and the National Security Agency, which is saying, "Where's this stuff?" And then he's hiding it from his own lawyers because his lawyers are, after all, they don't want to be breaking rocks on a chain gang. None of his lawyers who get you know fifteen hundred bucks an hour want to be wearing orange. So, you know, a lawyer 
has to keep your confidence. Even a consigliere for a crime family like the Trumps has to, yes, they can, if he confesses to them or something, he has to, they have to protect him. They can't help him commit a crime. They can't, they can't, you can't bring your lawyer to a bank heist. They have to turn you in just like anyone else because they see the crime. So here's what's happening. I'm looking right now at the indictment, which unusually includes cell phone photos that his assistant was sending him pictures. Here's where I'm hiding the boxes. I can't, I can't make this up. And I'm counting myself 50 boxes in, the, in one room, another 30 boxes in the bathroom. And when his lawyers say, how many boxes do you have? And I'm counting nearly 100 boxes, boxes, banker boxes. He says, tell them 12. 12. He's hiding like 75 boxes of documents <laughs> deliberately. That's lying to the federal government. So he has his lawyers submit papers saying he has 12 boxes. He tells his lawyer, his lawyers, say, look, we got to go through these boxes. Oh, yeah, so we'll move them. So he's telling his body man, as they call him, to move the boxes. This is like Keystone Cops stuff, I'm telling you. I mean, it, it would make a very funny movie if it weren't so darn serious. When I say darn serious, I want people to understand that one of the documents here is the plans for a potential invasion and attack on Iran. No one knows now where that document is and if the Iranians are reading it, you know, or if it's been sold or just left in the bathroom for when Putin arrives or, or she who's been there at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, we don't know. But it's this who is serious, pay, serious who stuff. Who would pay a lot of money for that document, Greg? I don't want to speculate, but probably everyone in the world, including the – that's a get-out-of-jail-free for the Medellin cartel, isn't it? So <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people who would bid on this thing. Imagine. Yeah. And that's one document. He hid over 80 boxes. Now, among the things, there's something like 137 items marked top secret. That means if it fell into wrong hands, it could have grievous harm to the United States, okay? Now, you have to understand, his lawyers said we have to look at the boxes. And he told his lawyers, I don't want you guys looking at the boxes. And they said, well, we have to. And we've been asked by the National Archives. He says, okay, I'll show you the 12 boxes. And they said, but I want to be there when you go through them, which is unusual. He actually held off his vacation you know, he takes a he go, yeah. He goes from Florida, and in the summer when it's humid, they escape to his golf course in uh, New Jersey. So he is illegally part of the deal. Is he had his body man move boxes to his private plane so that he can abscound with them illegally to his golf club in in uh, New Jersey. You can't do that with national security documents. And, and in fact, one of the ways we found out about it is that Melania. His wife was bitching that she can't get all her luggage in, you know, all her outfits in and her hat boxes and stuff because there's all these crazy boxes filling up his uh, private jet. And and his body man's taking pictures. Here's where we're hiding the stuff. Are you kidding me? These are not, uh, you got to say, these are not exactly mastermind criminals. Thank God. Otherwise, we wouldn't know that this was going on. Very, very important. So his lawyer then goes through the 12 boxes he's given. His lawyer doesn't know that there's another 80 boxes that, that are hidden. He goes through, and he still finds 38 confidential documents. So he pulls them out, puts them in a special binder, special tape he puts around them, goes to Trump and said, I have this, puts them in a safe. He doesn't give them to Trump. Uh, he says, I have 38 documents, that, so we'll just return those to them. And Trump says, basically gives him a, this gesture where he 
you know, says, just pick out the ones that are damaging. He said, if you find any that are damaging, and he makes a motion of, like, throw them away. He's telling a lawyer to throw away national security documents that would get him in trouble for holding them. So this is, understand what this lawyer did. The lawyer resigned and turned himself in later when he found it was all a lie. Trump didn't go with his wife up to New Jersey. He stayed around for the FBI to show up. Now, he did not have to be there when the FBI was there. They didn't ask him to be there. So when the FBI showed up, he showed up and he said, look, this is everything. And he specifically said, I'm an open book. He he personally told the FBI agents a deliberate lie, a deliberate lie in front of his two lawyers at the FBI (laughs) with the FBI agents there. He said, this is it. I'm an open book. There's no more. I'm not, I'm completely honest with you. Well, that's one of the charges in the complaint, lying to the FBI. Now, I should also say, again, we have the 12 boxes. But one thing that Trump was very, very good at was, remember, this is the guy that made big speeches about Hillary Clinton and her insecure, unsecure emails when she was secretary of state. And he said, and, the, and by the way, the prosecutor, Jack Smith, quotes him. On April 18th, 2016, when he's running against Hillary, he said, quote, in my administration, I am going to enforce all laws concerning the protection of classified information. No one will be above the law. And then he said later on September 6th, we can't have someone in the Oval Office who doesn't understand the meaning of the word confidential or classified. He goes on and on like this. And then there's an important He issues a statement as well when he becomes president in in July of 2018 saying that no one should be allowed access to documents, no one who is using them for furtherance of personal interests, their own politics. In other words, because he was saying he was accusing Hillary Clinton and the prior administrations of using their secret documents for political advantage. In fact, one of the charges as he did just that. And that's a federal crime. He had his, he had like a ghostwriter and his publisher. Remember, he gets millions for these so-called autobiographies that someone else writes. As you know, he, he never, he didn't write a single word of Art of the Deal. In fact, the, the, the actual author said, I don't think he even read it. Um, so he's, he's got his publisher, his ghostwriter, and two of his staffers in the room. This is when General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, had been quoted in a book saying he was afraid that Trump was about to invade Iran rather than give up office and create a national crisis by invading Iran. And he had to call the White House every morning to make sure that they were not invading Iran. This is no joke. He was deadly. Now, why was he concerned about this? Well, apparently, Trump showed his publisher, not exactly (laughs) to some guy, not not some national security agency specialist with top secret clearance. He shows them. He actually holds up and shows him the plan for the invasion of Iran. And he says, well, if Mark Milley was so concerned, why did he give me this document? He gave me this document. It's his plan to invade Iran, not mine. So he was using it to get off the hook that he was about to invade Iran. Well, Mark yeah. Milley did no such thing. You know, after all, Trump was, like it or not, scary or not. He's commander-in-chief, and he says to his chief of staff, I want the plans for invading Iran. He has to turn them over, otherwise he gets court-martialed. 
But he's panicked that the guy's actually going to order the invasion of Iran. But Trump, understand what Trump is doing. He's using this the way J. Edgar Hoover used to use his files. It looks like the main reason why Trump is holding on to it, or at least from what we've seen him do so far, is to pull out documents to threaten people. Because no one knows what's in those 80 boxes, or no one knew now that we've got them. But he was, we assume, by the way, I say we assume we've got them. We don't have these plans for the invasion of Iraq. So there are boxes which are God knows where. You know, I would uh, go back to bin Laden's compound. We don't know where these things are. This stuff is seriously, seriously dangerous. So he's deliberately lying. He's having his body man hide the boxes. He's lying directly to the FBI about the boxes. He tells his lawyers a lie, knowing that they will provide an official document to to the um, National Archives and to the federal government and the FBI that says, this is all we have. So he's being charged with filing of a, of a false statement for lying to the FBI, for abusing these documents, for having insecure documents. Now, yes, it's a lot of these rules are under the Espionage Act. And so, you know, that sounds very dramatic. Well, this is a dramatic situation. We just don't know if he's turned these over to a foreign agency. But, the, you know, there's reasons why we have to keep military plan secret. The U.S. government's way too secretive. I can tell you that as a journalist. But the actual Greg, detailed let me, let me, plans for invasion? Let me just jump in here, Greg. Yeah. Let, me, let me just let people know you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're talking about the fact that uh, the former president of the United States, the first time of history, will be uh, forced to turn himself in. He, They're talking about how, he, once again, he's got another story. He can't find the lawyer. Yeah, sure. But he's got a judge who he appointed. Uh, so, uh, and, and Greg... It is mm-hmm. a fact, right? You know, I don't want to compare apples and oranges, but the Hillary Clinton people, they did major violate the law, didn't they? By destroying well, look, I have to all those be, emails. I know a lot of people are going to be unhappy for me to say this, but as someone who's worked on these Justice Department issues, as someone who's been as a journalist on these issues, Hillary Clinton's use, uh, they remember Hillary Clinton, uh, and by the way, Trump brought this up to his lawyers. He said Hillary Clinton's lawyers were champs. They just deleted 38,000 emails. Right. Now, whether if Hillary knew about that, yes, she should be a co-defendant with Mr. Trump. If she didn't, her lawyers should have been um, certainly put in the dock. Uh, removing 38,000 emails from a national security that are part of a uh, national security treasure trove, while they know that the Justice Department is looking for these emails, and they've taken on themselves to literally delete 38,000. Yeah, that's, you know, I don't know how that isn't a crime. But here's the thing. You know, I mean, I hate to put it in the crudest terms, but if someone smashes you in the face and you're going to call the police, you know, they don't say, hey, you can't call the police because that other guy smashed you in the face too. (laughs) No, no, I'm sorry. That's not how the law works. Even if Hillary got away with, look, Hillary's lawyers were rotten apples who should be serving time. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it straight up. But these aren't rotten apples. This is a rotten orchard. Okay, this is a whole other level. And, and he even says, and this is why it's in the indictment, this has been recorded. Donald Trump is being recorded. He knows he's being recorded when he shows these people without national security clearance. He says that he wants to show you, wait a minute, let's see it here. This is, he's talking about this document. I'll, okay. Well, with um, General Milley, let me see. I'll show you an example. Here it is, except like it's highly confidential. 
And he says, this is secret information. Look, look at this. You attack. And see, as a president, now this is important. He says, as a president, I could have declassified it. Yeah, now I can't, you know. Right. So it's still a secret. So in other words, Trump's statement later, his BS statement, that because I was president, I can declassify anything. In fact, when I took it out of the White House, because I took these documents out of the White House and I'm president, then that was a legal act. That's not true, Dennis, because I know it may not seem like it, but we are not we are a nation of laws, not people. He was he's not emperor. He can't just take stuff. He can't take the resolute desk and move it to Mar-a-Lago. He can't take our national security documents. He's not the emperor. He's the president. And even the president of the United States has to ask permission of the intelligence community in writing. It must be in writing. This is the law. Make an in-writing request to make an exception to show this document to certain people like his publishers. This is all... Well, you know, his publishers, yeah. his publishers, they, they really want to see it. I mean, why wouldn't a publisher... For instance, like Julian Assange, want to see these this kind of uh, document to see what the United States is uh, getting ready to do with Iran. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I'm thinking that if you're talking to a publisher, uh, and you, it's almost a sales pitch, isn't it? Yeah, he's saying, look at the hot stuff. I well, he's and he's trying to defend himself against uh, the former chief of staff, uh, Mark General Mark Milley. By saying, Millie's the warmonger. He, he gave me the plans for, to attack Iran. I didn't. But it's Trump who asked for those plans. It's Trump who's showing it to people. It's Trump that Millie was concerned would actually mm -hmm. pull the trigger. We have lots of invasion plans, probably one for Canada, too. But what he's doing here is just absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning that he would hold these national security documents. And again, we don't know where this document is. We don't know where this well, plans that, for the invasion that, of Iraq are. That's the and best so, part of this story, and, or the worst. And this is, so you have yeah. to understand, one of the big, big, big problems here, one of the big problems is the time that we have to talk about this. We had Merrick Garland, our attorney general, wait two years to bring in Jack Smith as right. special prosecutor. So we are now running up, up against the deadline of an election. And basically... Most legal scholars I've spoken to say, like it or not, Trump may pardon himself if he's inaugurated on January 20th at noon. Assume that by 1201, he will have pardoned himself and ended any trial, you know, stop any verdict. Because right now, I don't see how this trial can be completed in reasonable right. time uh, before the this, election. And this and you see, this is we've talked about this from the get go, Greg. And when we noted how the Justice Department and all the people who should have been responsible for arresting the, you know, folks who were trying to overthrow the election and hang the vice president, but apparently they weren't present. And from the get-go, the Justice Department was a loser. And uh, that's why the idea that Trump tried to overthrow the government and kill the vice president, this is pretty clear. Uh, well, one of the things I'm levels. very – one thing we ought to thank Jack Smith for, that's a special prosecutor. Understand and, – and, of course, um, Merrick Garland is being blamed by the right wing for it going after Trump. He didn't. He really had no – absolutely no choice. Once those documents uh, were missing, the National Security uh, – excuse me, the National Archives went to the Justice Department. It was really beyond Merrick Garland's 
ability to even stop this thing. So he appoints a special counsel specifically and only to look at the papers, at what happened with these papers. Understand, Jack Smith has convened two separate grand juries. Merrick Garland can't stop him because the whole point of a special counsel is that he can't be influenced by a political appointee, the attorney general. Mm -hmm. So therefore, Jack Smith took it on himself, even though it wasn't in his remit. He took it on himself to look at Donald Trump's behavior on January 6th, fail to act on your duties in federal office. Understand, that's like a cop literally standing by and whistling while someone breaks into a bank and they're just watching it happen and doing nothing about it. Well, that cop is now basically an accessory to that crime. Absolutely. And same Drugs, same, any kind of crime. Yeah, Yeah, so what happens is that if Trump gets convicted on these charges, unlike the charges in Georgia, which do not stop him, even if he gets convicted, even if he is put in prison, he can still be elected and serve as president. In fact, he would probably... He's not well, I'm just, great. He is I'm, never, I'm saying he could ever, still because serve. no matter what happens, he's got Secret Service lifetime. They're not going to put the Secret Service in jail. He ain't going to jail. <laughs> well, anyway, here's the on, other please. problem we run into with yeah. his running for president yeah. is that there is policy, not law, saying you cannot indict someone who's actually running. So if he gets the nomination, I could see right. this Trump appointee in Florida saying, well, by policy, it undermines our democracy. I'm suspending this trial until after the election. Yeah. Or I'm suspending yeah. or I'm terminating the trial. Yeah. I'm very concerned about that the yeah. clock that, is Trump's friend. 